There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and a big, big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's it's great to be back with you again for another week and to talk about um, a really important subject right now about embodying a trust-based philosophy. Uh, trust just seems to be something that is really wavering up and down at the moment, and uh, it's just really the right time, I think, to be discussing this really important um, way of being. So I'd like to firstly say a big thank you to Kate Fletcher. Uh, Kate uh, joined us on the show last week, and we talked about surviving to thriving and about leadership and you know, the different aspects of, of how we need to step up as leaders today. And if you listen to this show, you'll know that's one of my, my favorite topics at the moment. Yet another one is definitely uh, trust. And uh, with my corporate work, work around helping elevating um, leaders and their businesses and their people and developing engaged workforces, you know, trust is something that comes up a lot and we, we talk about a lot. And it does sort of seem so with human behavior that, you know, it's increasingly um, where trust is being really kind of undermined you know we've got major global issues um, due to human behavior climate change and sustainability we've got a pandemic at the moment globally uh, there's these movements for change like black lives matter which is just you know incredible that it's taken so long for it really to to take hold in our psyche as it is it is today glo you know globally um, with social media and politics and uh, poor businesses practices online fraud you know, it's just clear that building trust and also building it within each of us and in, within our consciousness is just so, so important. My, my guest today, Mark Given, has spoken or taught at more than 1,200 events and programs over the past 15 years on leadership training and sales mastery and trust-based systems. You know, it's trust-based um, for success, for leadership, for sales, but also around, you know, you as a, and your kind of philosophy as an individual. And he's literally shared his philosophy with tens of thousands of people around the world. And it's a real privilege to be able to talk to him today. His background, uh, he, his education was at Ohio State University and Elon College. He spent 20 years as a CEO of a multi-state retail sales and rental company that grew to 47 locations. Uh, he's been a keynote speaker and teacher and author, philosopher, best-selling author of, of written eight books, including the Amazon number one bestseller, Finding My Why. Um, Ernie's Journey. He's best known as the author of the best-selling um, trust-based philosophy book series. He's been on tons and tons of podcasts. He's written articles for Money Online and various different media centers. And uh, my impression of him, he's, he's just uh, one uh, great guy. So a uh, real pleasure to welcome today to the show, Mark Given. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I appreciate the opportunity and appreciate your listeners taking a few minutes to listen in to us today. Uh, no, it's great, great to have you here today, and, and I just think it's uh, the timing right now to talk about trust is just 
so so important so it's it's great to go talk about this brilliant com, com, concept it's not like brilliant concept it's something that we've been you know when, ever since it's been human beings then uh, trust has been uh, something that has been um, either there or or not present or in various different degrees uh, in lots of different scenarios but before we get into this mark just tell us a little bit about you know your world where do you live what were your early influences how did you end up doing what you do so the Cliff Notes version, to try to keep it interesting, is that um, uh, as a young man, I, I really was taught well by my father, my grandfather, to be observant, um, not only of uh, myself but and the things that I would do, but of the world and the and the world around me. And they were they were really good at that. They were not scientists or or you know doctors, but they were just wise men, and they set a wonderful example for me for paying attention to the world. As a result of that, as I went on to college and uh, university and then uh, finished that and went on into business, it was just really apparent to me how trust was the root of success. And so uh, after I sold my retail company at the uh, right at the beginning of 2000, I decided that my next path really was to, um, to help other people understand uh, the things that I had seen. And so I ended up writing. I've written now uh, eight books. I've got another one coming out this year, two more coming out next year. And uh, with the with the foundation of the theme being trust. And so I've, I've written these books about sales, about leadership, about personal success. Uh, my current one coming up is about time management and productivity. All the foundations of where we need to build and maintain trust. So my influences have been just uh, not of being a medical doctor, but of being wise enough to pay attention to how you build, maintain, and repair trust. And, and uh, the, the end of this is that what I realized after about 40 years of studying this is that the trust is not just a concept. I mean, we think that we know it when we see it, but there's really a science to building, maintaining, and repairing trust. And that's really what I write about is the science behind it. Hmm. And it's pretty prolific, uh, the amount of books you've been been writing. And I'm also kind of just intrigued to get a little bit, you know, a little bit more about you. And, and I, you know, one of the things we talked about when we first met is that you have five children. And uh, also you've been in a successful band with your children. And I, I kind of wonder what lessons that's taught you. Uh, sure. <laughs> being a parent to so many children, I think four boys and a, and a daughter. Uh, <laughs> You know, what's, what's that taught, to you, taught you about trust and maybe trusting each other when you're standing there performing your, your, your music? Yeah, that's a great question. I, um, when I'm out speaking to organizations, associations, or, you know, groups out in the world, I, I don't hesitate to mention the fact that the, my wife and I have five children. They're all grown now, but I say it that we have five children and we meant to because we really did mean to. And back uh, a number of years ago when our children were small, we formed a group called Boys Club and a Babe. And you can actually see some of those videos from online. We traveled up and down the East Coast of the United States. I live in North Carolina now uh, and have since college. And uh, our children are grown now. But we spent, gosh, uh, between 15 and 20 years writing music, performing music, recording music, and we did shows and festivals and events and private parties. And it was, it was, it was really wonderful. I, I guess for a visual for you to think of this, think of like the Osmond family, because uh, most everybody in the world would, would know who they were back in the, you know, in the 
70s. And, uh, and we were similar. We just never became nearly as famous as the Osmond family. And, and uh, anyway, it was the same thing. And so we have four sons and a daughter. What I really learned from that was how important it is to be dedicated to something. If you want to accomplish anything, you really have to be dedicated to that. I mean, decide what you want, and then you got to go after it, and don't let anybody steal your dreams. And then practice, practice, practice. No matter, no matter what your uh, your focus is, and your energy is, your passion is, you got to you got to put in the time. So I would say what my children learned and what we learned from whatever level of success we had was that we've got to be dedicated to it, you know, and we've got to be willing to put in the time and practice. That's how you become good at stuff. Excellent. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And so I mean, it's an amazing kind of bonding experience with your children to be doing that, that kind of thing together and uh, to be learning those, those disciplines of being dedicated. One of the things I think you said you were saying earlier from your sort of childhood is you learned to pay attention to things and, it feels to me that that is paying, paying attention to what's really going on and what's really going on in kind of communication and uh, in the dealings, what's really going on with, with cause and effect when you do something, how it's responded to. You know, that feels like a very important concept when it comes to trust. So you know, from your perspective, you know, why is a, a trust-based philosophy important and why is it so important to the world right now? Well, it's, you know, it's always, it's always been important since the beginning of time. But right now, especially with all the things we're going, you know, we're dealing with, because we've got this pandemic, which is just one issue, but that's not the only issue. We have a lot of social issues that we're trying to deal with, too. And, and it's really good from a foundation of trust to understand that we really have to work together to solve these problems. Finger pointing, you know, is, doesn't help build trust. What does build trust is having you know, a conversation about, yes, what is wrong, but then not just, hey, you've done this, but here's how we move forward to fix it. We build trust by having you know, conversations that are not unkind or mean. You know, when you hurt people, that doesn't really build any trust. And so, so uh, you know, certainly in my life, I recognize the fact that as I have studied trust and I, uh, you know, I talk about the pyramid of trust and we'll get into that in a little bit, I'm sure, but that, that the top level of the pyramid of trust is, is what I call the, the repair level. And uh, part of that is recognizing that we're not perfect and that we make mistakes. And so in the world today, you know, we may not be at a point yet where we've solved the pandemic problem, but we need to work together to, to not harm each other as we're trying to solve that. In the world of this social difficulty that we have outside of the medical issues, we have all of these other, you know, cultural issues. We have to work together to build trust within all the cultures in order to not only thrive and to come out of this, but to survive all of it and to grow, to, to make the world a better place to live. And I think that ultimately that's what everybody wants is to build a level of trust where we can live together, right, in a, in a, in a place and a time when we are, where there's not bias and there's not bigotry and there's not, you know, all these social challenges. So, Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're starting to move on into this, you know, this issue at the moment with um, where she's just been raised, which is so important that it has been around the Black Lives Matters kind of movement. Uh, uh, and it's, it's just interesting that maybe... I think what has been special and important about this is that what it's what it's done is it's brought your attention to 
this issue. And I've been very deeply thinking about this over the last you know, few weeks and you know, how, to, how to process this and, and, and being a, a white person. I've, I've been somebody who's been privileged. And, um, but I also, what I've also noticed has been quite a bit of you know, anger as well. And I just wonder if that is the right way to kind of repair well, that's a good question. I, <clears throat> I'm similar to you, Chris, in that I have lived a life of privilege, and I don't consider myself rich, but I'm rich in life and what's been provided for me and the opportunities that I've had and that my children have had. So what, where it begins for me in building a level of trust is understanding, you know, I, I've got to take a good look at myself and say, where have I contributed to this? Because I can't change other people necessarily. It begins with me. So we, we need to have a conversation about it, but it really begins with what's going on inside. So Chris, that would be the same thing for you. I mean, you know, can I trust myself enough that I'm not part of the problem? And if I am, then what do I need to do to, to solve that problem? right? And to, to within myself. And if the whole world would do that, look at how, how good the world would be. But it, it's not that simple. So we have to begin someplace. And the best part is to be able to trust ourselves, to build enough trust on ourselves to know that we're not contributing to the problem. And that, so that we have to understand it so that we can see how we fit in and how we can help improve ourselves so that we can help the world be better. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we can't blame ourselves just because we are white. No. <laughs> um, we, you know, we've been born as we are, and we, but we, what we can do is we can think about our own consciousness and, and the way we fit in. And um, certainly not, and certainly not be part of the problem. I mean, that yeah. you know, it begins with not being part of the problem and, and doing everything we can to, to help you know, solve the problem within our own families. I mean, it begins with us, but then for me, with my five children, eight grandchildren now, I can certainly be the right example for them to help them understand how they can be trusted so that others can look at them and know that, hey, they're doing their part too. So it is, it is really all about trust. And this is about not saying one thing and doing another. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, boy, that's the truth. <laughs> In other words, we have to be committed to it. You know, a few minutes ago when we were talking about my, my past history with the kids performing, uh, you know, I said the two words dedication and practice. Well, those two words still apply to this, this exact same thought. We have to be dedicated to, to being part of solving the problem ourselves. And then we have to practice that, right? We have to actually practice it so that people can look at us and say, you know what? Yeah, that, Chris, he, he really is, you know, he may not be perfect, right? But he's trying. He's trying to do the right things. And why do you think, is, is, is this the reason why, for example, you, you look at you know, business and politicians, for example, and, you know, there's a very, very high percentage of people who say they don't trust them, you know, almost a blanket. Is this because they've, there's a, there's a history of saying one thing and doing another? Yeah, that, you know, that is correct. And when I go out and speak on trust and teach, um, and I talk about these, this pyramid of trust of the four levels, you know, really within those four levels are how we build uh, what we need for the, for the world to want to do business with us or to, uh, from, on an interpersonal relationship for them want to associate with us. And so, so those four elements, which are the grand opening and then the rapport building and the maintenance and then the apology are all 
critically important to being part of. So when businesses are struggling, they're doing something wrong. They may have gotten by the, the level one without any problem and they may have gotten by level two, the rapport building, you know, and done well on that. But it's the maintenance area, the level three, where they're really struggling. And so there are, there is a science to all of these to know, okay, what can we do? What should we be doing? And a business struggles because, um, you know, they're, they're having problems in the maintenance phase and they're probably not doing anything or nearly enough in the level four, which is the repair stage to show that, hey, you know what? Uh, we're not perfect, but we're trying to be better. And so, yeah. you know, you, let's have a conversation about how to be better. Yes. Well, it sounds a, a perfect uh, point to have a commercial break now. And after the break, well, let's get more into the trust-based pyramid and start to talk about these different levels and how it relates to us as as business people, human beings, parents. It's all kind of relevant, isn't it? In sure every, every relationship that we're, we're involved in. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific. Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Mark Given, and we're talking about this important area of trust. And Mark, I wonder you've you've, you've kind of alluded to it. You've you've you know shared a little bit around the steps, some steps of the of the um, trust based pyramid. But tell us a little bit about um, firstly the science behind it, and maybe just uh, just a little bit more about the steps, and then maybe we'll go into each of them and explore a bit more. 
Sure. So the trust-based pyramid, what I realized as I've been developing this all over the, uh, throughout the years is that it, it's good to have a visual so that people can see it better. And that's where the pyramid of trust came from. So the first level of the pyramid of trust is called the grand opening. And we all recognize that we've all heard the same thing. We only have one opportunity to make a first impression. But the, the science behind that now shows that uh, most people don't understand how short a period of time they really have to make that first impression. And so uh, after 15 years of study at Harvard University, and they were studying uh, influence, what they found was that people actually form that opinion when they see us, right? So they, they've got to, you know, when we're out in the world and they see us, but they form that opinion in 50 milliseconds. So in less than a blink of an eye, they're forming an opinion. We use this very tough word called profiling. And, uh, you know, that may not be the word we use in the future, but right now that's the word that people would understand. And so that in that 50 millisecond period of time, that blink of an eye, people are making and forming an opinion about us based on what they see. So it's obviously it's the way we're dressed. It's our appearance. It's our body language. It's our facial expressions and so on and so forth. So I teach that how important it is to make sure you're uh, you know, if you're, if you're interested in that, if you want to build trust, you've got to be your best in that first, that first 50 milliseconds. And then if people know you, there's other signs to show that it's the, that the person that is already familiar with you in the level one, it's even less than 50 milliseconds where they look at you and decide, do I want to approach you or do I want to have a conversation with you? And that's actually some of the science shows as little as 33 milliseconds. So I teach people in the grand opening that if they, if they understand the principle, if you want to build trust with people in that grand opening, you better be prepared to do it well and to do it right. That leads to then the second level of the pyramid of trust, which is the rapport building level. And uh, there are three elements to that also. Now, there are, you know, once somebody sees you in the grand opening, decides, well, they, yeah, maybe they'd like to communicate with you or communicate with you further, then you're going to have about eight seconds uh, which I call the eight-second empathy analysis, those very first things that you say are going to be very important as to how the conversation continues. And so I teach some elements of the Socratic method, which is asking more questions uh, and asking better questions so that you'll be more engaging. And then the third piece of the level two, which is the rapport building level, is what I call 90-10 listening. Most people uh, are they're most interested in, they're most interested in really talking about themselves or their circumstances or how they feel or what's going on in their life. So I call it the 90-10 listening principle. So you'd learn to ask a question that would lead the other person to, to talk, to share. And by doing that, if you, if you talk 10% of the time, you listen 90% of the time, boy, people are going to love you. That's a great way to build trust which leads to the level three, which is the maintenance level of the pyramid of trust. And that's really being a, a giver instead of a taker. The world loves those that are willing to give and share. It's not about spending money. It's about, you know, it's about being kind and, and giving. I mean, I suppose you could give a gift, but it's being a, a giving spirit, a giving person. Uh, I compare that to the difference between loving and liking and uh, not talking about a passionate love, but a sincere concern about other people, right? You can like them, but if you really love them, you'll go farther to be concerned about them, to have empathy and compassion for them, which leads to a four-word piece in the maintenance level called, it, it's just, you know, how do you live your day? And 
I, I would suggest to you that when it comes to clients, when it comes to family or interpersonal relationships, if you could get up in the morning and think, who could I amaze, amuse, surprise, or delight today, you know, of those people that I love? My wife, for instance, when I get up in the morning, I think, okay, today, how could I amaze, amuse, surprise, or delight my wife? Because if I treat her well, then I will build deeper levels of trust. It's the same thing in business relationships. And so there are systems that we have to teach that principle. And that leads, Chris, to the last level the, uh, what I call the repair level, which is actually the, the conversation I have the most these days with companies and organizations, associations. And I just teach the RAS system, which is my system, and it's R-A-S-S. -S. It's recognize that you're not perfect, right, and that you can make mistakes. A is that you, um, you know, admit that you're willing to actually admit that you've done something wrong and that you, you know, there's some room for, some real room for improvement. The S then is showing sympathy. It's showing uh, sorrow and it, it may even involve restitution of some kind. And then the, the fourth S, R-A-S-S, -S, recognize, admit, sorrow, right, or sympathy. The, the, father, the fourth S is, or the, the last letter is stop, right? So R-A-S-S, -S, recognize, admit, sorrow, stop. You just stop doing it. That's where the world needs to be right now. We need to recognize where we are, admit that we're not perfect, show some sorrow and sympathy for those that have been harmed, and then stop doing it. We need to just be better. So there's the, there's the pyramid of trust in a, in a, in a you know, <laughs> couple minutes. I like it. Like it, and I'm also just thinking now as you you say this, you 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 know you're talking about you're thinking about your grand grand opening and rapport and maintenance and repair. But in that grand opening, you've got 15 milliseconds. Do we also need to have a think though from the other other perspective of not when say I'm showing up and you're giving me 15 milliseconds to decide whether you, you, you trust me or not or, or like me, but also be um, aware that if we're making judgments of other people in 15 milliseconds, we actually maybe need to just stop because if some of that is, you know, based upon unconscious bias, for example, then, yeah. you know, then we're maybe getting it completely wrong. Well, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a great point because realistically – you know, that's just a physiological reality of the 50 milliseconds. I mean, the studies are there. And so uh, what we probably should be cautious of is, are we judging unfairly? In other words, are we biased? And where does that bias come from? And how do I, how do I fix that bias within me, right? Because, because while we're, you are exactly right, while people are judging us, we are also judging them. So while they're profiling us, we're profiling them. And that can be dangerous, right? If we have the wrong attitude, if we're not prepared, right, to, uh, to look for the best. Abraham Lincoln said, uh, or he, there's a quote that he's, you know, uh, that's credited to him that says, I don't like that person very much. I need to get to know them better. And I learned that a long, long time ago. And I've kept that thought in my mind because so often when I judge somebody unfairly, it's because I don't know them well enough. And there are things about them that I would probably really like if I'd give them a chance. And I, I, you know, I admire Abraham Lincoln for saying that because it's a wonderful line. Yes. I've just done so. I just I took a little bit of a moment there to write that down on my piece of, on a piece of paper uh, because it is a 
it is a good line, isn't it? We we can very very easily jump to incorrect conclusions, can't we? Or we can sure. find ourselves, um, you know, not liking somebody initially because of uh, something the way they dress or look or something they just they just muttered or you know we've we've got to be really careful, haven't we? This is a case of it's giving and receiving, isn't it? Sure. It's um, there's both two sides to the story, really. So tell me a little bit more. Let's let's have a think about um, you know building trust when we first meet people. You talk there about we need to think about maybe the way we we dress. Like it's certainly probably so in in business. And what else do we need to be mindful of? Sure. Well, the science of trust shows us that. Uh, we're really forming opinions on people and they're forming opinions on us in, in two different categories. One is, you know, do we appear competent? So we're looking for pe- looking at people, uh, whether we know them well or not. I mean, do they appear competent today, right? In other words, if, you, if, you're, if you're really familiar with somebody, you can think, well, they, you know, they look kind of out of their mind today, right? Or they look like there's something wrong with them today. And we'd walk up to somebody we know and say, hey, how are you feeling? Or are you doing okay? So that's one area is that people are forming opinions on us and we're forming opinions on them based on competence. People are also forming an opinion on us as we are forming opinions on care. Do we look like we're a good person, a kind person, a giving person? Do we look like we would be more interested in ourselves, right? An arrogant, right? Uh, self-centered person, or do we look like we're a kind person, a giving person, the kind of person that, hey, you want to be around because you're, you know, you're interested in others and the care of others. So, so competence and care is what I want them to, what, what I want your listeners to understand. People are judging us based on our level of competence and our, you know, our, uh, you know, do we look like we're caring? And we are looking for the exactly the same thing in others. We want to associate with people that are not arrogant and, you know, takers, and, and there are, you know, intelligent enough that they wouldn't harm us, right? Or they wouldn't, you know, do things that would harm others. So, 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 so why is it that sometimes people who are arrogant and are takers seem to get on in the world? <laughs> well, they probably don't have a lot of friends <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless they're like, just like themselves, right? Because that's what you seek, what you find, or you, you'll find what you seek. And so, you know, what's interesting about the world is that, you know, you can still have someone who has a lousy attitude and a lousy personality, and somehow they still find a way to, uh, to make it through life. And yet, if you look deeper, what you'll find is they're not, they're not internally happy people. And they may have made money, but that money has not made them happy. And so, they're, they're always seeking other things. We are interpersonal relationship people. We are human beings seeking, in, in most cases, you know, the love and care of other human beings. We want to be associated with them. So we, we want to associate with people we trust. You may do business with somebody that's an arrogant jerk, but you probably don't want to spend a lot of time with them unless you're also an arrogant jerk. Yeah, that's very, very, very true. And of course, you know, those individuals often leave, leave a wake of damage behind them, don't they, yeah. in many ways, and you don't really want to get caught up in that. Sure. So what, what about then um, about trust through rapport? I think rapport was your second one, wasn't it? Sure. So, so let me go back to the simple principle of the 90-10 principle. Back, back in the 1940s, and there are a number of books that I could mention on this, but let's just, for, the, for time's sake, let's just mention one. Dale Carnegie wrote a book 
uh, back in the 1940s called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I, I think it's as good a book as we could use that would demonstrate the, the, the level that is about building rapport. And what, what Dale taught in the book, which I believe was the principle, was that people really are, you know, it's not that they're trying to be self-centered, but people really do like to tell their stories. Um, they, they love to be able to have the opportunity to share what jazzes them up, right, and makes them happy in their life. And so the rapport building stage really is the 90-10 principle. When we talk too much, uh, we're boring. But when we give people the opportunity to talk, we become more likable. And so from a level of building trust, people, we're not just more likable in a networking sense, but they, the, it builds a deeper level of trust where, the, where it says to them, we're interested in them. So the 90-10 listening principle, that level two is really all about listening more and talking less. There's an old parable that says, listen, I think it's an Asian parable that says, listen with the intent to hear. And most people don't listen with the intent to hear. They actually listen with the intent to talk. Yeah. Uh, and, and in other words, right, we, we, we uh, interrupt people. You know, we might have a problem with that. So, so the level two is really about listen, be a better listener and actually listening with the intent to hear, not just to what I'm going to say next to show how, you know, engaging or interesting or, or smart I am. Yeah, uh, that's very very important and i just thinking what you said there about being you know being interested i think one of the the most sort of powerful frames i've found when it comes to articulating this i think it originally came from from how to win friends and influence people but i i I first became aware when interviewing a gentleman called marshall thurber on the show and i thought what i found fascinating with marshall was after our interview he he asked me, he spent half an hour, he's a very successful man, and he spent half an hour just asking me questions and finding out about me. And, and do you know, I felt really, really special that he would do that. And I, towards the end of that, I asked him, you know, in your career, and you've had an amazing career, and you've have all these properties around the world, and you've, you've, you've had a fasc- fascinating life. What's the single most important lesson when it comes to being successful. And he said, be more interested than interesting. <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> I, and I was hoping that was exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> because that is exactly right. To focus more attention on being interested rather than being interesting, right? And, we, and, and most people are, are just, you know, consumed with trying to prove how interesting they are. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he would be successful in life because that's you know people love him and trust him yeah i think i just just that really had a hit me that did and just yeah that really is just one of those little phrases that i want to take through with me to the rest of my my life really <laughs> to try and remind myself you can you you know i'm, I'm a communicator and uh, and so are you and sometimes when you 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 enjoy that communicative of talk element of, of talking and having a conversation you do have to remind yourself a bit i find just to rein back a bit uh and really really deeply deeply listen so how do we how do we maintain trust well, we've only got three minutes so we'll have to talk a bit more about it after the break but how do we maintain trust three words uh if they're writing anything down if they're driving i hope they're not writing down but um authenticity transparency and integrity 
And so uh, when we are our, our authentic ourselves, in fact, I heard it say, said one time, you know, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. So when you're your you're authentic self, just, you know, find yourself and be that person because, hey, you know what? You do more right than you do wrong. And so, so you, have a, you have a positive reason to be authentic. And then be transparent. I mean, transparency is just trying to make sure that you're not trying to be a, there, there's not a facade there that what you see is what you get. Right. And, um, and if you're, if you're not, if what you, if you're afraid of what people will see, then work on that. Right. So that you'll be better because we can improve. We live in a world now where we can be better. I mean, there's, there's uh, many places in the world that you, you have, you know, the, the world is your oyster. Now it's not that way everywhere yet, but at the same time, most of your listeners would, would be in a place where they can be better. So be transparent. And if you're, if you've got some room for growth then go grow. And then the last word was integrity. I really believe with all my heart and soul that if you want to build trust with people, they need to know that what you say they can count on, right? And that if you make a promise that you're going to keep it and, and you're going to tell the truth, right? And if you, if you make a mistake, you're going to admit it, which goes to level four of, again, which is repair. But you know, so authenticity, transparency, and integrity will take us a long way to building trust, not only in our interpersonal relationships, right, in our marriages with our families, but in business, right? In business, it's so critically important to build a successful business. Mm. Uh, so, and, and, you know, you, I'm just thinking about those points there of integrity and transparency, and it, it, it's, they're all... Um, aspects that you probably need to think about within your, you know, your marketing strategy and your sales strategy and the way you train your salespeople and your customer service staff and how you write your culture and your values and your purpose. It, it's very, you know, something that needs to be very deeply ingrained, doesn't it, in every aspect of your business? Oh, it absolutely does. You know, a wonderful example of this, which is sad but true, is that when we talk about politicians so often, if you just look at those three words, what you're going to find is that, well, that's why we struggle with many politicians because, you know, we don't believe that what we see is what, you know, or what we're getting is the truth behind what they're doing or saying. And they certainly some, maybe not all, but they struggle with levels of integrity. So when, when we find examples of that, we should learn from that. So it's that way in all aspects of life, certainly within business. I mean, uh, businesses that are going to grow are the ones that are going to, you know, really work hard to not just get out there and make, you know, all kinds of money. I mean, it's good to, it's good to profit. We need to profit. The world needs to profit, but not at the expense of people, right? Because it takes people to succeed. So authenticity, transparency, integrity, I really believe is how you maintain trust. Excellent. So have a, a think about those aspects with regards to your business, but also have a think about that with respect to, you know, your, your families, your, your partners, your kids, and how maybe there needs to be a little bit of intent at the end of each day to keep on maintaining that, that trust. After the break, we're going to talk about uh, repairing trust when it's damaged. So during the break, what you might want to do is have a, a little maybe list down in your life where you've got relationships that uh, maybe trust has been broken, where maybe the relationship isn't where you want it to be. And then you know, after the break, maybe we can have a, a think about that with the lens of, of what Mark's going to share about uh, repairing trust when it's damaged. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. 
From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Mark Given, and we're talking about trust. And, and just before the break, um, we were talking about, also mentioned about repairing trust. We talked about maintaining it. We talked about those, those levels of the grand opening and rapport and maintaining trust. But I'm keen to, to talk a little bit more now about um, repairing. And, and if you've got any um, questions, comments, things like that, do feel free to send them to me. If you listen to them live, you can send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I might even um, ask a question of Mark if, you, if you're able to do that. And, uh, and, but ultimately, you can still send them to me afterwards as well. I'll forward them on and, uh, uh, and um, we'll, we'll find a way of answering those questions for you. But I'm thinking about your relationships and where those relationships might be needing some repair. Mark, what are your suggestions on how you go about doing that? Sure. So in the, in the, the highest level of trust, which is the repair, right? Um, we, the important thing is that we recognize we're, we're human beings. And so you're fooling yourself uh, if, if you don't recognize the fact that you make mistakes that you, you, know, you say something wrong or you do something wrong. And I don't mean that it has to be a high-level mistake. Obviously, there are you know, some mistakes that are much worse than others. But the, the, the fourth level or repair, and, I, and we use that RAS system again, and I mentioned that earlier, but you know, the RAS acronym mm-hmm. is just recognize the fact. That's the first step. In fact, most people struggle when they've created a problem in their life or in their business because they won't admit that they've actually done something wrong, right? And so that's the second. But you've got to be willing to recognize that from day to day, from moment to moment, you can, in fact, do something wrong, say something wrong, uh, take a wrong step. And so the first step is recognizing. And if you can't get past R, the others don't really matter. So uh, you recognize, and then you'd be willing to actually admit. Now, there are many attorneys out there, of course, that depending on the business or the circumstances would say that, well, you know, if you admit, 
that's going to create some real serious problems. But as, as it relates to building trust, until you're willing to admit that you did something wrong, uh, you cannot rebuild. You cannot begin the steps of rebuilding trust. And so that's what the world will be seeking. That's what your, you know, your significant other will be seeking is for you to admit that you actually did something wrong. And so once we can get past the recognize and admit, then you go to the S, which is to show some sorrow, right? So, some sympathy. Uh, and, and you would have to then, you know, go through the process of saying, I can see how this, you know, could uh, hurt you or harmed you. Or, you know, I can, hey, if it happened to me, this is how I would feel. I can see why you feel that way. So it, it also may lead to some restitution. In other words, we may actually have to do something in order to actually correct it. So if we've damaged somebody financially, that means we may need to take some steps to, to reimburse them in some way. If we've damaged somebody emotionally, that we would recognize that we've done it, admit we've done it wrong, and then not only show some sympathy, but we would give them some understanding of what we intend to do to correct that. So then that leads to the the, the final S, which is just stop, right? You just, you just stop doing it. If you, if you made a mistake and you, and, you, and you know you've made a mistake and you've gone through these other steps, if you want to be, rebuild trust, Chris, you just don't do it again, right? You don't create the same problem over and over and over because you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to have trust, right? People cannot trust you if, if you don't stop doing it. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, I find it quite interesting. The matter I'm just reflecting on some of the one or two of the organisations, big ones. I've been dealing with phone companies and broadband suppliers and people during the the sort of COVID situation who have completely stopped the ability to be able to phone anybody, and you're having to go through a you know through asking a question online, which might take you you know an hour being passed from person to person often in some kind of a call center. And I have to say, you know, this, this whole thing for me with the, a number of these organizations, I've completely lost, lost trust in them as a result of it. No one, no one seems to be apologizing right now. And I, and I personally have made a decision that uh, those companies who did that to me during this period, I'm going to move elsewhere to someone who offers higher customer service when my contracts are back up again. Yeah. Um, but what, what, but what is interesting, you know, so they've lost my trust and, um, I, and I just think it's interesting that actually trust may be leaking out of your organization from all sorts of places and you don't even know it and you don't even provide the facility for people to give you that feedback. And what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, you're right about that. And sometimes they don't, they don't have systems for feedback because they don't want to hear the feedback. They don't want to hear it, no. Yeah, they're, they're not interested at all. So, so what happens as a result? Well, I mean, you just said it. You're saying, you know what, when my contract is over, and, and what's really difficult and sad about that is that they've got you locked into some contract, so you can't even leave them. You talk about not having trust. I mean, I, you know, I'm done with you, but I'll have to wait till my contract's over. So how many people will you tell that? And this is not a question you have to answer, but the question to the listeners would be, when that happens to you, how many people then do you go out and tell that experience to? And you just tell them the truth. I can't even leave them because I'm locked into a contract. And so the longer you're locked into that contract, the more and more people you're going to tell, which how, can, how in the world can that help you build a profitable business if people are sharing that kind of distrust? 
it's really no different in a relationship too, Chris. I mean, I know it's when somebody damages you and they you know, they have no system or they have no care for, uh, you know, ex- accepting an apology or hearing, right. What you have to say, some input. Uh, I mean, you're not going to have good things to say about that individual either. So it's not, it's companies, but it's individuals too. So it's interesting. Yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm going to mention on, on air. So here, here, you know, how many, how many people will, uh, somebody tell them of a problem. So I'm going to, I'm going to, going to name and shame O2 at the moment, um, who are a telecoms company who actually set me up um, when I ordered <laughs> one contract for, um, which I had to go for two years on this contract for a little mobile broadband device because I was having problems at home. They actually set me up with two devices and two contracts by, by mistake. And I've so far spent probably four hours on chat lines trying to sort out the problem. Um, you know, really very, very frustrating. So I probably told, you know, a, a lot of people <laughs> through this recording now. Uh, yeah. And I'll be very interested to see if they actually come back and, and uh, try and re- rectify that problem with me. If they do, I'll mention it on air. That would be the best thing to do, right? Is to, if they actually come back and care and fix it, that you would tell, tell people, Hey, you know what? I had a problem. I had to call them out on it. And, and yet they, they heard me, they came back and did it. Maybe they'll do the same thing for others. Maybe so. That would be, that would be good. So we'll give them that opportunity. If, uh, if anybody knows anyone in O2 and wants to share this with them, um, feel free to do that. I'd love to, um, love, love to see, love to see them uh, respond. Um, so, so I wonder now, what do we now? We've just got a few minutes left and I'm just interested to find out a little bit more about your services and how you help people and you know, what, what's your, what are your plans going forward? Sure. Well, I, um, I'm easy to find because if they can just remember my name, Mark given, uh, and they go to markgiven.com, they really can find out, um, you know, what I do. There's videos on there about, uh, you know, what I do and, and how I try to serve. And my, my goal is to try to make the world a little better by building, maintaining, and repairing trust. And so if they go to my website, markgiven.com, they can reconnect with me, uh, you know, a- after this broadcast. And uh, they can email me. Actually, my phone number is even on there. They can pick up the phone and call me, and I'll, I'll, I'll pick up the phone. So, uh, you know, it's easy to connect with me if they just go to my website. And, and if they have a question or a need, uh, I'm interested in trying to help any way I can. I do have a challenge for them at the end, a, a simple challenge for everybody. So when you're ready, I'll be glad to tell them what that is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I, you, you can tell them what it is now if you want. What's the challenge? I'll be glad to. I, you know, so, so everybody, whether you're listening when we did the live broadcast or anything in the future, anytime in the future, I, I, I have a challenge for you. And, and it's about trust, you and trust. And I would ask you to do this consider this question, and then I'd love for you to take action on it. What's one person that you should apologize to immediately to free up your mind and your momentum? When yeah. we have a problem with somebody, uh, it's, it's like poison. And, and when, you know, when, when, we're in a, when we've created, we know that we've created distrust or we've created a problem, it, it kind of it slows our momentum and, and it cankers our mind a little bit. So that's a challenge. What's one person that you should apologize to immediately, like in the next 24 hours to free up your mind and your momentum? When you do that, you'll be on the, you know, you'll be on the path to, to building a, a trust with them again. Mm. Yes, it's a great, a great challenge for people. Um, I think the, you know, I think it's amazing if you can, if with this issue as well, I think if you can be, be brave 
because it'd be quite easy to pick uh, a situation that's quite easy to resolve. But you know, <laughs> it wouldn't it? You know, maybe maybe there's some situations out there. I, I speak to a lot of clients, and they maybe not spoken to a parent or a, a child or someone like that for a long for a long time because they've had a fallout at somebody said something. And you know, are there any kind of issues that actually, if you went and resolved it, could make an amazing amount of impact to your life and how you feel and it's worth worth thinking about isn't it mark i think so i'm so glad that you've had me on the show it's been it's been absolute pleasure i've really enjoyed talking with you and as i do generally believe this is a very important area and i know you've um you've also written lots of books as well on on you know if people are interested in trust for selling and trust for networking and uh, you know trust when it comes to it being an individual and success i know you've you've pr- produced all of the that kind of information for them just to before we go though mark have you got a final message you'd like to leave us with Sure. I would say, you know, trust in yourself. I mean, trust really begins within you that if, if you're struggling with trusting others, you know, find ways to, to reason with yourself why that is. And then trust in the world. I said, I mentioned that a little while ago. If you seek good in the world, you'll find good. What you seek, you find. And so if you're seeking, you know, the, the negative, there's plenty of negative out there. So you really will find what you're seeking when you allow yourself to trust. Excellent. Well, Wonderful phrase and thought to, to leave us with. Um, what you seek, you'll find. So once again, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. If you want to find out more, more, more about Mark Given, go to markgiven.com. Um, but Mark, thank you. Absolutely my pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been a joy. It's been great, hasn't it? And, and uh, on next week, well, next week in, uh, in America, you're, you're celebrating Independence Day, I believe. And... Uh, uh, which is quite interesting, me being in, sitting here in England. And uh, <laughs> you're delighted at uh, leaving us, and uh, that's probably probably no bad thing, actually, in some um, scenarios. Um, but next week, we're going to replay a show. It's when I was talking about, with, um, about elevating leadership with uh, John Jennings. And after that, the following week, we've got uh, Corey Blake, uh, who is uh, an amazing guy who's... Um, was in Fight Club with Brad Pitt and things like that. And now it's an amazing organization. I've done some brilliant work around, around COVID, the creation of Thought Wall, which you can access online, um, which is where they asked loads and loads of people what the, the emotions that they were going through with, um, through the COVID situation and built this amazing wall uh, of, uh, of ideas and thoughts, uh, which their artists then turned into pictures. It's really quite mind-blowing. Um, so if you've got any questions or comments, please do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. You also might want to sort of Google and try and find um, uh, Look Forward uh, Thursdays, which is a live webinar series, which we've started to develop. We've done about 13 so far. And some of the guests from the show you get to see, meet and see uh, personally and me interviewing them. And, but also you can engage with us and ask us lots of questions as we're, we're going through this process kind of live. You can be a part of it. So uh, do, do check that out. Um, there'll be a link going onto my website in the next week to that. Um, but you can also find um, uh, details if you just you email at chris at chris at chriscooper.co.uk or, or as I say, just, um, just drop me an email and I'll send the information to you. So once again, you take care and uh, go and sort those relationships out where you uh, lost a little bit of trust. Thank you. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, 
again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.